Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at www.cwcsj.org for service times and directions. Let's get into the word this morning. And uh, I shared with the early service, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through the whole message this morning. Um, I'm going to be changing the order of, the, of what we're going over, opening slides and things like that a bit as well. So um, I want more. I need more. I can't go with business as usual. Church services are great. I love seeing you. I love being here. I, I think CWC is one of the best places, one of the best families that, that, that's around. And I, I love this family. Amen. That, that's not an indictment or a, a statement against anyone else. I just love our family. I love, I love what we have here. I, love, I look forward to getting together. I love the fact that we're, you know, we got people of different colors here. I love the fact that we're not just one people. I, I just love the, the diversity of what we have. I mean, we, got, we got a CEO on one side, and we got someone that just stepped out of the hood on the other side. And so <laughs> we, just, we got great diversity here, you know. We, we got... We got someone that can buy the Mercedes and someone that can rip it off. I mean, we got it covered. That's <laughs> but I want you to understand something. As we, as we get into the word this morning, I want you to recognize something. You are created for glory. My job isn't to come bring you in every Sunday morning and to preach to you to make you feel good and send you home. My, my, my purpose is to get you to, to reveal who you are so that when you walk out of this place that you could be who God called you to be to your family, to your community, to your nation, that you could be who God intended you, the things that are in you. And many of you right now know that as you walk around, you know that you were created for something more. You feel it. You drive down the street and you see maybe kids that are, that are homeless and something happens inside of you and you know that you were created to do something about that. You go down the street and you see someone that, that is strung out on drugs or a little wino and that was you at one time. You see it and something happens inside you and you say, man, I got to be able to do something there. And there's something that you, you see someone sick and they're walking on crutches. And if you're a DJ, you jump on them like a bulldog and you pray until they're healed. You were created for something more. In fact, turn to your neighbor and tell them you were created for glory. Turn to your other neighbor and tell them you were created for glory. And if you don't have any neighbors, you got to find out if you're wearing the right deodorant. But you were created for glory. And this morning, I want you to do me a favor. Stand to your feet and let's turn uh, our Bibles. We're going to start with 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles chapter 7. I want to talk to you about glory. Everyone say glory. glory. 
if you listen fast, I will talk fast. Okay? I'm not going to go through my whole notes this morning. I'm going to save some of this stuff for next week. But I want you to notice something. In 2 Chronicles chapter 7, King David had it in his heart to build a, a place for God, a temple. But God said, David, you're a man of war. There's too much blood on your hands. You can't do it. So David set it up, his son, to accomplish that goal. I need you to understand something, folks. There are things that God has placed on our hearts that we will never see with our eyes. But if we don't prepare it, the next generation won't see it either. You got to live and work for a generation you will never see. You got to prepare the next generation. It's not about you. And David wanted to build this house so greatly that God told him no, but he gave all the things that were necessary to build that house. And then Solomon builds it, his son. And after getting it all together here in verse 1 of chapter 7, they get ready to, to dedicate the building and God shows up and blows all their plans. They had a special singer ready to go. They had a rap group. They had Shoebox ready to come in. Troy was going to release his new album. They were going to do a, 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 one of the flag things. They were going to be doing dances and all that stuff. But then right when they're dedicating, look what happens in verse 1. When Solomon finished praying, they're doing the opening prayer here. When Solomon finished praying, a bolt of lightning out of heaven struck the whole burnt offering. They, they were sacrificing to God. And the sacrifices and the glory. Someone say glory. glory. The glory of God filled the temple. The glory was so dense that the priest could not go in. L listen to me. You know that church is bumping when you can't even get inside because God's there. Church is empty. No one's sitting in there yet. But you still can't get in because God has filled the place so greatly that even he took up all the seats. And every person that walks in falls down. Falls that they got a pile of bodies right in the front. The glory was so dense the priests couldn't get in. In other words, priests couldn't do what they were called to do. So God filled the temple that was there that there was no room for the priests. How many times have I read that? When all of Israel saw the fire fall from heaven and the glory, everyone say glory, glory, of God filled the temple, they fell on their knees, they bowed their heads, and they worshiped God saying, yes, God is good. His love never quits. Pray with me now. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Everyone say glory. glory. Everyone say glory. glory. What, what exactly is glory? Glory in the New Old Testament was a, a Hebrew word called kabod. And when we talk about kabod, kabod is something powerful. Kabod means the weightiness of something. Now, I, I, want, I want to explain it this way. Trevor, come here. Stand up here. Where'd Troy go? Troy. Come on, come on down, bro. Run. <laughs> Let me show you what glory is. 
You're an ugly baby, <laughs> but you're a handsome man. <laughs> when my kids were young, when they were about three or four years old, I would wrestle around with them. And a lot of your kids, when they come up and they mess around with me, I'll always grab them and I'll, I'll, I'll lean on them from the back. And I'll hold on to them. And I'll put my weight on them. And as I, as, I, as I put my weight on them, they're too small to handle the full weight of me. So I'll only give them what they can handle. Put enough pressure on them that they know that I'm there. And I'll mess around with them. That is glory. When God shows up and all of a sudden you start feeling something. You, you ain't hearing me. When the full abundance of God shows up and all of a sudden you can't. You, it is the visible manifestation. It's when God shows up and you can see him. God is everywhere. Amen. God is everywhere. He's omnipresent, but he's not manifested everywhere. Certain environments make it possible for God to do certain things. And so although God is everywhere, he doesn't show his glory everywhere. Because we don't see the visible. There's times you walk in, you feel the presence of God. But there's times you walk in and you see the presence of God. Listen to CWC ain't seen the presence of God yet. We haven't even come close to experiencing the glory of God yet. Have we had good services? Yeah. Have we had services that you walked out and felt good? Yeah. But we can't say the glory has shown up if we're still standing. Let me, Troy, give him a little weight. No, the other way. Yeah, there you go. A little, a little. Let him stand. Let him stand. Let him stand. Okay. Hey, Trevor turned red. No, no, no. I mean, put some weight on him. Trevor, this is where I want you. I want you like this where your legs can kind of, now put enough pressure. Can you feel him? Yes. Okay. This is, stay there. Wait, hold on. Yeah, pull them pants up, bro. We don't want, we, we don't want any other glory showing. <laughs> okay. You know, Troy's a perfect person because Troy has a lot of love to give. You know, Troy's a lover. And, and God will give us the glory based on what we can carry. If you... A little more, Troy. You, you okay? Yeah, I'm good. You good? Oh, if he's good, give him more. Give him more. More God. More God. More God. More God. More God. More God. How do we know when full glory shows up? Come on, Troy. Show him. Show him, Troy. <laughs> what, what, what did you say? I am not God. Huh? What did you say? I don't want to do it. Why don't you want to do it? I don't want to hurt him. 
Thank you. Why not? I don't want to hurt him. Why not? Uh, that's a lot of pressure. Because <laughs> he, can't he, can't he can't handle yeah, that's good. the weight. We're praying, God, give me more. You can't handle more of God right now. If God were to show up in his glory, if God were to show up in his fullness, if God were to show up in a visible manifestation, you wouldn't be able to stand under it. He would cause more damage than good. Why? Because he's holy. Thank you, gentlemen. Unless you want to jump on his back again. We can't handle it. And God loves you so much. I love my girls. And so when I would get on their back or I would mess with them, I wouldn't give them my full weight because my full weight would damage them. And we're wondering why we don't get more of God is because God is holy. And if there is sin and we're operating with one foot in and one foot out, God can't show up like he wants to. Somebody's got to hear me. The Greek word in the New Testament is doxa. Doxa is where we get doxology from. And it talks about the glory of God. It talks about splendor, the brightness, the most glorious condition. That's speaking about what we talk about in Romans chapter 3, verse 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory. Of the glory. Of the glory. Not the holiness. Not, not of the standard. God, we have fallen short of the the glory, the doxa, the full splendor, the glorious condition that God created you and I. We have fallen short of the splendor, of the brightness, of the most glorious condition, of the ex- ex- exhibition of God's attributes. You were created. Somebody got to catch this. You were created for glory. And yet we have people talking us down, putting us down. And we've gotten to the point that we believe the voice of those paters more than we believe the voice of God. That was a weak clap. You know why? Because some, hold on a second, because some of y'all believe you're haters. You know why? Because some of your haters are right. No, listen to me. They're right. You are Lord, thank you for not letting that come out. Some of your haters, they ain't drinking haterade. They know you. You are bitter. You are unforgiving. You are, you are jacked up. You are tore up from the floor up. You, you, are, you, you are messed up. You, you, you are. You are sinful. You, you are someone I don't want to be around. You are drama. You are problems. You are this. You are that. They, they, the problem with haters is some of the things they say are true. That's why we don't like them. 
Say it again, Pastor. Some of our haters know us better than our family does or friends do. Friends love you. They won't tell you the truth. Haters are like, hey, that's who you are. But we allow the hater to determine the glory. You're right. I might be all those things. But when I step into Christ, I'm a new creation. All those things are gone. I'm getting rid of the bitterness. I'm getting rid of the unforgiveness. And I'm stepping in to the glory that I was created for. Your past doesn't disqualify you from your future. Your past does not disqualify you. In fact, our past probably qualifies us for ministry more than disqualifies us. Hey, if you've been through some crap in life, you can help people that are going through the crap. You know what I'm talking about? You've gone through a divorce, you know how to, how to steer someone through someone that's going through a divorce right now. You've gone through a loss of a child, you can help others go through that loss of a child. You've been addicted, you know how to help other people out of that situation. You see, God may not have caused those situations, but he'll redeem them in your life. I'm going somewhere with this. Stay with me. So you were created for glory. You were created for glory. And so the glory doesn't just show up. You have to prepare for it. And so the glory of God fills the temple. They they had the Ark of the Covenant and all that stuff in there. The glory of God shows up strong. But a a problem happens. I want you to take a look now in, in, in the book of 1 Samuel. If you don't have your Bibles or a smartphone, I want you to notice this in 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 4 tells a story of glory. See, the glory that had been in operation, problems begin to happen. The Bible, in fact, says that at a time where the word of God was uh, wasn't prevalent. Uh, they, they, the, they didn't hear the voice of God during this time. And so the very priests, the people that were supposed to stand between God and man and bring them together, the priests weren't even hearing the voice of God. You know what? That, that, you know we're jacked up when the very people that are supposed to stand in the place of bringing people and God together can't even hear God's voice. Guess what? You know who the priests are today? Revelation 1.5 says that he has made us both kings and priests unto our God. First uh, Peter chapter 2 verse 9 says, For you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You are royal priests. That you are the, the church is the priest. And if the church has lost the voice of God, if we can't hear God, what do you think the condition of the world's going to be? Yeah. Folks, when's the last time you heard from God, not pastor? When's the last time you felt God speak to you? Not me. See, I'm not God. I'm God's representative covering for this house. I'm the apostolic leadership here. I'm the father of this house. But when's the last time you have heard from from God? And there was no clapping at all on that one. Well, pastor, that's what I pay my tithe to you for. You get the word and you let me know what he said. You know, you're the middleman, like the drug dealer, you know. You be slanging the gospel to us right now. 
God is always speaking. I love what Chris Valentin said one time. He said that God, in this room right now, there are, there's music being played. You just can't hear it because you're not tuned into the noise. Right now in this room, there's video going on, television signals going on. But unless you have a receiver, you can't see it. So if I were to get a television, put it here and pull out the old rabbit ears, how many of y'all remember those? Those rabbit ears will pick up local signal and it will take what's in the air, what you can't see, and it'll transmit that thing into an image that we can now view on a television monitor. Why? Because there's video, vision in the air right now. I'm going somewhere with this. There's vision in the air. You just have to be tuned into it. Right now, there's music going on. In fact, there's country bumping in this place right now. Yeehaw. There's some major country going on. There's some major R&B funk jumping off in this place right now. There's some old school rock being played right now. Your mom's a rocker, man. <laughs> She's sitting up there. <laughs> Sister Sandra, you're... Wow. Got to get back in the spirit. Glory, 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 glory. <laughs> I want you to follow me on this. Because if I had a radio right here and I was to tune into the right station, it would pick up what's going on in the airways and you would be able to hear right now country, rock, funk, classical, or even the news. You would be able to hear what's going on if you had the ability to tune in to the right station. God is always speaking. But the problem is we are not always hearing. And so the, the priests are no longer walking with God. And so as a result, God's saying this, I'm going to wipe out this, these priests that are representing me. Not only do they not hear me, but they are, they're, they're messing up. They're, they're not standing in the gap. They're actually bringing wickedness to my people. And, and, and the sons of Eli are literally bringing wickedness to, to the children of Israel. And something happens here. Children of Israel go into battle. They lose. Israel's not used to losing at all. They're like the Harlem Globetrotters. They never lose. They're used to every time they go out there, they're doing behind the back. They're doing backwards. They're, they're, they're doing all kinds of stuff because they always win. Then they lose. And they freak out when they lose. So you know what they do? They go get what's called the Ark of the Covenant. Everyone say Ark of the Covenant. They pick up the Ark of the Covenant and they bring it into camp. People start going crazy. Ah. The Philistines hear the roaring and the roaring so loud that the ground literally shakes under them and they're scared to death. They have brought their gods into their camp, they said. Because the Ark of the Covenant symbolized the presence of God. And inside the Ark, they had the tablets, Ten Commandments, some manna from way back when that was still fresh. And they had the rod from Aaron that budded, that proved his leadership. So they had these memories. I'm going somewhere with this. Stay with me. The Ark of the Covenant represented what? God's presence. It represented its glory. They bring it in to fight. And when they bring it into the battle, 
they end up getting beat. How do you lose when you bring God's presence into something? You know what's sad is that the presence of God had left them and they didn't even know it. Say it again, pastor. The presence of God had left them and they didn't even know it. Just like Samson, presence departed, didn't even realize it. You know, we got churches that are having church, presence has departed, and they don't even know it. We're having services, and God ain't even there. We're doing outreaches, and God ain't even there. Why? Because God has removed himself. He's not even there anymore. And the problem is they don't even know it. Well, this is the story of what happens, the aftermath. The two priest's sons are killed. One of his, the wives have a child, and l- listen to the story here. 1 Samuel chapter 4, verse 19. You still with me? Yeah. Don't worry, I'm landing the plane right here. We're, we're, we're going to be closing here, so stay with me. Don't, don't get lost on a brother, okay? <laughs> Eli's daughter-in-law, everyone say Eli. Yeah. Eli was the priest. You get a chance, go back and read the story. It's one of the most tragic stories in the word of God. Eli's daughter-in-law, the wife of Phineas, he was one of the, the, the evil priests. He was stealing the, the offerings of God. He was, they were having sex with women on the altar of God. They were doing things that just were totally de- defaming the house of God. You cannot defame God and expect God's blessing. No, notice what happens. When she heard that the ark of God, everyone say ark of God, had been captured and that her father-in-law and husband were dead, she went into labor and gave birth. She died in childbirth, but before she passed away, the midwives tried to encourage her and said, don't be afraid, they said, you have a baby boy. But she did not answer or pay attention. That's sad. Verse 21 She named the child Ichabod. The guys didn't even know what we were preaching this Sunday when they did the baby video. Ichabod means, where is the glory? For she said, Israel's glory is gone, and she named him this because the ark had been captured and because her father-in-law and husband were dead. Then she said, the glory is departed from Israel For the ark of God has been captured. This lady is going into into birth. She's going into labor. And while she's delivering this child, she finds out that the ark of the covenant has been taken. They lost the war. Her father-in-law has been killed. Her her brother-in-law and her husband are now dead. She goes into labor, has a child, and she names the child. Not after The fact that her father-in-law died. Not after the fact that they lost the war. Not after the fact that her dad is dead or or his dad is dead. Or the fact of these other things. She names him the thing that sticks out to her the most. Isn't the fact that her family's gone or they lost the war. What bothers her is they've lost the glory of God. And she names a child Ichabod, and Ichabod means the glory of the Lord has departed. And what's sad is they didn't even know that it had left. Religion keeps you in this motion. 
Just doing the same thing, not realizing that God is no longer part of what you're doing. And you wonder why. You wonder why you're not alive to enjoy your, the things that you birth. You know, the Ark of the Covenant was wood and it was overlaid in gold. You know, we got, we got, they, they're carrying this around because it was a presence of God. Stay with me, worship team, if you would help me. I want you to notice something that takes place here. As, as they're carrying this thing, it was wood. Wood is symbolic of humanity. Gold that it was covered in is divinity. See, we might look good on the outside, but on the inside, we're empty. In the, in the inside of this box, it had the Ten Commandments, it had the manna, it had the Aaron's rod. That Inside it contained memories. Inside this box it contained victories that God had brought about. Inside this box was I remember when moments. It was the things of I remember when God did this. I remember when God did that. And we're walking around in our minds. We have, we're filled with things that God used to do. But we're not able to speak about what God is doing. I don't know about you, but my God is bigger. My God is bigger. My, my God is, you, you, you didn't hear me, my God is bigger. You might be thinking, what's the big deal if God departs? What's the big deal if his glory is no longer there? You're, you don't get it. You don't get what the glory symbolizes. You don't get how great your God is. See, we're caught up just trying to get through the week, not realizing how great your God is. Do you have an idea of how great your God is? You have an idea of how powerful your God is? You have an idea of the, the, the magnitude of your God? He's bigger than your addiction, greater than your sickness. He's stronger than your depression. My God is bigger. He's bigger than the, the struggle that I face today. He's stronger than the battle that I'm going through right now. He's bigger. You don't see it. Creation is a mere reflection of the greatness of God. Francis Chan spoke on the bigness of God and with this, we're going to close. I want you to take a look at this. You can just keep on playing, though. Thank you. What, what, what you're seeing right now. First of all, this is the earth, okay? Just, just, you're taking off from the earth from Southern California, and we're going, to, we're going to rise up for a little bit here, okay? We're going to pull away from it. We're going to pull higher. Now, this is at about 10 kilometers. Like, if you climb Mount Everest, this is what you'd see. You'd see the curvature of the earth from that distance. Now you're going to we're climb up even higher. This is at 100 kilometers. And you're a fourth of the way to the space station now. This is what you'd see. If you get to this level, you're considered an astronaut. Just if you ever get there. Okay, now we're going 100,000 kilometers. 100,000 kilometers from the Earth. You're a fourth of the way to the moon. That's what the Earth would look like. Now we're going to pull away to a million kilometers. At a million kilometers, there's the moon. Okay, there's the moon. You can barely see the earth. You're at a million kilometers now. You're past the, past the moon. And uh, now we're going to go to 100 million kilometers. 100 million kilometers. You're still not to the sun. The sun's 93 million miles away. 
But now we're going to go to 10 trillion kilometers. Ten, there's the sun. Okay. You just passed the sun. Now you would see all of the planets at 10 trillion kilometers. And now we're at 10 to the 15th power. That means 10 with 15 zeros. I don't know what that number is. 15 zeros. And the sun's just like a bright dot amidst other stars. And now we're going to 10 light years away. At 10 light years away. Come on, let's go. Zoom, there you go. 10 light years away. Now you just see the sun with like 11 other stars that are kind of its neighbors. You know, that, 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 that's our sun. And now we're going to go 1,000 light years away. At 1,000 light years away, you, you wouldn't even see our sun anymore. These are just a bunch of stars close to it in this cluster inside the Milky Way. Now we're going to zoom out even further, and that's the Milky Way we live in. See that cluster of stars? Those are about 100,000 stars that are closest to our sun. You can't see our sun anymore at this point. Now this is our Milky Way galaxy, and forget about the Earth. Okay, there's our Milky Way galaxy that we live in. Um, and we're just buried in there somewhere. And we're going to pull out even further. And you'll see that our galaxy is actually, it's, it's a big galaxy. And, uh, and all those other things you're seeing now are galaxies. And we're going to pull away 10 million light years now. His next scene is 10 million light years. Those are all galaxies you see. Amidst our Milky Way, several hundred galaxies. Now we're going to go 100 million light years away. This is the last one. We're going to zoom out to 100 million light years. Those are all clusters of galaxies. Galaxies and clusters of galaxies. You won't even see our Milky Way galaxy anymore amidst that. We don't have telescopes that go beyond that little sphere there. The book of Job asks a question. Who taught you the way of understanding? Where did you learn knowledge? And Job is asking God, who, who, who taught you the way of... Who, who's the one that taught you this? I'm sorry, the book of Isaiah chapter 40. Who showed you these things? Who taught you knowledge? Who showed you the way of wisdom? And then after that, you see God's response where God says, the nations are but a drop in a bucket to me. And the galaxy that we just saw, I hold in the span of my arms. The seas I hold in my palm. The galaxy, I just go like this, oh, that's about this big. We don't have telescopes that go far enough back to find out what, how much more it's bigger, how much larger it is. And God says, oh, it's about this big. Do you realize how great your God is? And I need you to understand that creation is but a reflection Creation is but a reflection of its creator. And yet God's greatest creation wasn't this. It was this. It's you. It's me. 
God was showing off when he made you. Look at that. Look at that right there. You were created for glory. You were created for glory. I see some of you getting it. You were created for glory. You don't have to fight for it. It's yours. That's who you were created for. I'm going to close with this story. There's a, there's, I sent T this past week an a, uh, email that we had gotten from. I had seen on Facebook. Some, someone had posted about a seed that was found in Egypt of a plant that was thought to be extinct. For over 2,000 years, this plant was thought to be extinct. Well, they find a bag of seeds in Egypt. They're they're over 2,000 years old, and they planted it. And guess what? It grew. And a species thought to be wiped out is back in the environment again. Why? Because it had to find the right environment, the right soil to grow. Oh, you ain't hearing me right now. I don't care how many years it's been that you haven't reached your potential. It doesn't matter how many years have passed that you thought you wasted. You are in the right soil right now at this time. And you're going to plant and you're going to grow. Your glory is going to be revealed. It's going to spring forth. Your purpose is going to be let loose. You were created for glory. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at www.cwcsj.org.